0: Let's go, girl. Just
1: tell me what I can show you things that you're telling me. Let's
0: go. It's women talking football or WTF for short. Of course, never, ever to be confused with WFT. Don't do it. Don't do it. We are the women, a pair of producers here running the ship. I am Mallory Hartley, uh, associate producer here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Dave Campbell's Texan Live once again in the hostess's chair and sitting directly across from me. I am staring right at her. She's turning the dials, making sure you can hear me and see me and hear her and see her. It's the executive producer of this place. It's A.P.
2: This it's place, Ashley Pickle. This place is like a really good way to describe it. Welcome to our I love abode. I thought you liked that.
0: I thought you liked that. You do run the ship here. I'm not going to lie.
2: I try to keep things on the track. But I've keep always said about this place that if, if the train has never been on the tracks, then it's not possible for the train to fall off. You're just never hey, on the tracks. You're right. I like that a lot. That's <laughs> I really try. good.
0: That's really really good. Uh, if we seem a bit distracted, we got a uh, we got the PGA Championship on the golf on the TV over here. Yeah, yeah. for those of you that don't know, I am freshly into the <laughs> golf scene here. Let's uh, go! I to broke my her down. over there. <laughs> uh, she actually, thank you by the way, gave yes. me her old clubs. So yeah. now we go out. Uh, sometimes we go play nine. Sometimes we play the full eighteen. But we sometimes go after work and. Hit a couple balls just yeah. for fun. Yeah, it um, gave
2: giving Mallory my clubs gave me an excuse to finally make my big girl purchase into yeah. like good clubs. Because being honest, it's funny on a women talking football. Women's clubs are too short for me. Um, (laughs) I'm very long and lanky if y'all can't tell. And so the difference between we're going straight golf talk now. The difference between men's and women's clubs is a full inch and I'm about a half an inch too long. So I actually have to use men's senior clubs, which the president of our company, Adam, I make fun of him for being old all the time. He's not old, like he's really not old, but we call him Grandpa, and he was like, "Oh, (laughs) old man clubs, huh? Uh huh. Oh, how the the turntables have
0: turned, (laughs) have turned. Yes, that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. It's been a lot of fun. But she gave me her old clubs because I am very short, and her clubs fit me perfectly. Yeah. So you can actually
2: use women's golf clubs, unlike myself,
0: (laughs) unlike you. But yeah, so that's why we're watching that on the TV right now. So if we seem a bit distracted, that's why. We are an internet show. We're here every Thursday at 2 p.m. Talking football, sometimes basketball, whatever, around the Lone Star State. And sometimes, every once in a while, we will talk golf with you. Uh, This is episode 39 of Women Talking Football. Can't believe it. Already 39 episodes of this thing. Next week will be 40. Over the hill we go. (laughs) That's, That's almost 40 hours of us talking together. Poor think about that people. Poor
2: people no one signed up for <laughs> no this, up for this.
0: <laughs> anyways on today's show friends we are continuing uh to look at the texas high school football history record books uh and we're gonna look at the all-time leading rushing leaders uh, last week we looked at passing leaders. This uh, this week we're going to look more at the running backs' helm. Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. That's for sure. Then in the back of the show we had a lovely conversation with the new Sci Fair Independent School District athletic director, Miss Virginia Flores. Um, she is a busy, busy lady, so we had to we had to kind of work around her schedule here and getting her on the show. But we're super, super excited to show you uh, kind of what we talked about with her. Um, so stick around in the back half of the show to hear from her all right like I just mentioned last week we looked at the Texas high school football passing leaders and this week we're focusing on like you said running the damn ball Run the, Looking damn at the ball. rushing leaders uh in the Texas high school football history books now I actually already said the term but you brought up a really good point earlier today and actually I had this on the graphic we are trying to avoid the term running backs Mm -hmm. because we don't know for sure that any one of these players on this list is act was actually classified technically as a running back I mean hell they could have been classified as a fullback a halfback a tailback whatever you name it We just don't want to get yelled at (laughs) if uh, they weren't actually classified as running backs, So we're Mm going to stay away from that term and just call it rushing leaders in in the history. Well, to be
2: fair, I mean, and yes, we could go back and like look specifically what the coaches had listed on some of these stuff and like, I mean, foreshadowing Cedric Pinson's on this list Cedric Pinson's a running back. We we get that point. But the other side of it in recent years, we've had quite a few, I don't think any of them on this list in particular, but we've had quite a few of the rushing leaders in just the regular seasons. Mm -hmm. The past couple of years been like quarterbacks, like they're adults at quarterback and like, tell me that. Terry Bussey doesn't have a ridiculous amount of yards and it's like he's a quarterback he's a quarterback and a, 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 a defensive back and you could put else, him on the line and he might coach the team, <laughs> you know, like he's probably the cheerleader. As like, well. Yeah, he just probably does the it placeholder, all. Um, the long snapper. <laughs> so, yeah, in recent years, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that are just dual threats that right. can also do that. Exactly. So it, it was easier to call it rushing legends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's uh that's our reasoning for that. Um. All right. Let's go ahead and start off with career rushing yards. And first up on this list from 1950 to 1953, Kenneth Hall from Sugarland High School, uh, which is now Fort Ben, is it Dulles? Dulles High School. Uh, f- now, f- Sugarland High School, and it was Cypress something combined it back oh, in the day. Shoot.
2: I can't remember, I looked it up yesterday. Yeah, they combined
0: it back in the day to now make Fort Bend uh Doulis High School. Uh, so that's what that logo is right there. There is not a Sugarland High School logo. Um so we went ahead and went with the Duelist High School logo. But it was Kenneth Hall. Oh, combined with Missouri City High Missouri School. Missouri City, that's yeah, right. Missouri that's City was. and
2: Sugarland in 1959 merged to create Duelist, which then Sugarland ISD and Missouri city independent ISD combined to make Ford Bend ISD. So that's, that's, right. that's how that happened. You're right.
0: You're right. Yes. Uh, so anyway, Kenneth Hall, 11,232 rushing yards in four seasons. That is just, that's just mind boggling to me. Well, I and d- the fact that that,
2: that rushing, like, that That's lasted that long. Like, we talked about You're last so week right. with the passing game, how, how much everything was evolved. recent. I mean, the mm-hmm. furthest back we went was when Graham Harrell was there in the early aughts. But, like, other than that, it was basically 16-17 forward. Exactly. Now you see it's one thing to have – there's a lot of 2011s and even a 2020 there. But to still be the top spot from 1953
0: – goodness right right that's that's super impressive uh next up jonathan gray from alito 2008 to 2011 he racked up 10,889 yards. It's just funny to say it because it's like, really, dude? Yeah. That's insane. That's an insane amount.
2: Just 10K. Can exactly. you imagine actually running that much, too? You I can like, My heart
0: would have failed through, by
2: then. Through people. You're not just running. It's not just a track. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> You're also trying to make sure you don't drop the ball yep. at any point in time. <laughs> I don't know. So.
2: Survive. <laughs>
0: Correct. Yeah, just survive. Uh, of Ali- yes, uh, Jonathan Gray of Alito High School. Moving on down, Traylon Sheed of Cayuga High School back in two. 2006 to 2009 he put up nice. 10,292 so he's a part of the 10k club trevor spites of McAllen memorial uh, from 2012 to 2015 he racked up 9,868 so we almost made it to that 10k club Corey kyle of seagraves uh, back in 2012 to 2015 he put up 9,561 yards Moving right on down, Wes Danaher, actually the son of legendary coach Phil Danaher, there at Cal Allen. Back in 1992 to 1995, he racked up 8,855. Moving down, Rodney Thomas of Groveton. Back in 1987 to 1990, he put up 8,439. And then lastly on this list, Cedric Benson, like you already mentioned, actually a running back of Midland Legacy, formerly known as Midland Lee, from 1998 to 2000, he was able to rack up 8,423 yards seeing that. Wes
2: uh Wes Danaher on this list like oh, really wow, puts into perspective just how long we talk all the time about how long coach Danaher was a coach for to see that his son was playing in 92 through 95 I that know. like really puts it into perspective just how long coach Danaher was coaching you right, know right like I mean 40 plus years and it's it's just it's mind-boggling when you see oh yeah well his son was playing before either of us were born right exactly like, <laughs> exactly
0: well and it's really cool too to because you know how well-known Phil Danaher is around Texas high school football and the history books and stuff, but Mm -hmm. to see his son also become part of. Yeah. They're both in the history. Like if there was a legitimate book,
2: both of their names are in there. Exactly.
0: That's really stinking cool. So that right there is the uh, rushing career, rushing leaders of the Texas high school football history books. Uh, Moving on run the damn ball. Let's run in the damn ball. Let's look at <laughs> single season rushing yards starting off again with Kenneth Hall from Sugarland High School back in 1953. He was able to put up 4045 yards in a single season, I mean,
2: insane. Wow. We're we're ooing and gooing over the fact when we see a quarterback able to throw for that amount. Mm-hmm. That's actual like again, foot on turf, right? Giant men chasing after you, mm-hmm. running the ball. Yep. That's that's insane. insane. I mean, good lord.
0: Now, as we move on down, if you take a look, these next three names. You look at the names. Trey Williams, Jonathan Gray, and Joseph Sadler, all in 2011, were just a couple yards away from each other. <sighs> that is crazy. So Trey Williams of Spring Decaney back in 2011 put up 3,890. Jonathan Gray, uh, once again from Alito back in 2011, put up 3,888. So only two behind Trey Williams back in 2011. And then Joseph Sadler of Divine High School, back in also 2011, put up 387, one less yard than Jonathan Gray in the same dang year. That's got to be so frustrating. That? I would have been <laughs> so frustrated. Especially
2: man. because we, like, Jonathan Gray is such a household name around here exactly. that I don't think that obviously Joseph Sadler was unbelievable. And people who were especially paying attention to high school football from a statewide perspective back in that time would right. definitely recognize it. But you start asking our interns that are coming in, like, oh, yeah, which of these two names do you recognize? And one yard was the difference. Right, you know? <laughs> exactly.
0: It, it's crazy to think about it that way because, yes, Jonathan Gray is definitely the probably the most well-known name out of those three, I yeah. would say. Um, but anyways, let's uh, moving back on down to the list. Rodney Thomas of Groveton back in 1990 put up 3,701 yards in a single season. Again, on this list, Wes Danaher of Cal Allen back in 1995 was able to rack up 3,569 nice yards in a single season. And here, this is kind of where I start to become more familiar. Jonathan Brooks. Of Howitzville back in twenty twenty put up three thousand five hundred and thirty was also Mr. Texas football. And that right there, that number solidified it to us that he deserved to be Mr. Texas football in twenty twenty. It was the game that he
2: single-handedly destroyed Lano in the semifinals oh, that solidified it for
0: me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm- how did you feel watching that game? Were you okay, were you were you excited because I lost. You I thought I was. just gonna... watched, like, Mr. Texas football? Yes. Or were you sad because, you know, you your, know. your alma mater? That, that was the first time against...
2: that my alma mater had ever been to a state semifinal, so I was happy oh, all around. Right. And I was also happy that if they were going to lose to someone, it was going to be a player as impressive Jonathan as Jonathan Brooks, and also a player who's, like, super humble and super nice. Like, they could have lost to a kid that really likes to flaunt. You know his exactly. skills And that's perfectly right. fine More power to you We love confidence But right. yes It did help my heart Knowing Jonathan Brooks Was something special Right um, But sting him Correct. I was said. It's okay. It's okay. But I do I do we we love us some Jonathan Brooks we around do. these parts. We so absolutely do. It's okay.
0: We absolutely do. And lastly on this list, Cedric Benson back in nineteen ninety five racked up three thousand five hundred twenty six yards in a single season there at Midland Lee, formerly uh yeah, Midland legacy formerly Midland Lee. Yep. So those are the single season rushing yards of our rushing legends in the Texas high school football history books. Uh, Lastly, we're going to look up single game rushing yards. And we kind of did this segment also last week, um, but we weren't able to make a graphic for it just because there's so much that needs to be put on this graphic in order to tell the full story. Uh And we just, we weren't able to do that. So I'm just going to read it off this list here. So first up, Matt Gaddick, I believe is how you pronounce his name uh, from McKinney. In the game versus Plano East back in 2017, he racked up 599 rushing yards in a single game. You know what's crazy to me? Hmm. 599 yards in a single game. To me, that's like, I've s- now reading a lot of magazine pages, that's a lot of guys like, Single season rushing yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a single game?
2: Yeah, it's Almost very... 600 rushing yards? It's very common nowadays for if a team that is a run-heavy team and they have just kind of like an arsenal of like three really good running backs. Right. To see like your second one get like 600 yards and go, hey, that's awesome. You know? Right. right. <laughs> like, exactly. Much less one
0: game. Right. It's it's insane. Um, Up next on the list, it was Daryl Ellis uh, in the Somerville versus thrall game. Back in mm-hmm. 1998, he put up 587 yards. Oh, I, I'm so sorry if I pronounce these names uh, DeMarca I
2: DeMarca believe Foster. is how you say it
0: of Wichita Wichita Falls Hershey versus Decatur back in 2017, fairly recent. uh, He put up 580 rushing yards. And it's it's crazy to look at all the way down this list and how close all of these numbers really are together. I was
2: just fixing to say that the passing yards had a much greater differential between the record book holders. All of these are insanely, insanely close. I mean, all the way up from, like, the first one down to the bottom one that's not even split by – more than i
0: know they're all 70. in the 500s. yeah i was like
2: not even 70 yards which in the grand scheme of things if you've already run for 517 why not why not just run for 599 you correct.
0: know like, right exactly <laughs> how, I mean, how hard can a it be extra carries there for you <laughs> honestly i mean uh moving on down the list uh emmanuel abdallah of china spring versus liberty christ back in 2019 oh i think we missed two of them 54.
2: uh tyrone swoops and Dion williams did you did we talk through those
0: no, not yet. I thought you
2: stopped at Foster.
0: I did. And then it's Emmanuel Abdallah. And then Deion Williams. And then Tyrone Swoops.
2: Oh, we're looking at two different lists. Well, this is interesting.
0: Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Should I just keep going?
2: Yeah, keep, keep going.
0: going. Here's my list Deion Williams <laughs> of Katie Morton Ranch versus Katie Taylor back in 2012. 547. Are you yep. sure we're looking at the same list?
2: Mm-hmm. And then
0: Tyrone Swoops. White Wright versus Tom Bean in 2011, 540. Justin Twine of Hemp Hill versus Wes Sabine in 2011, 534 yards. And then to round it all out, another Cedric, but Cedric Battle of Wichita Falls Hershey, another Wichita Falls Hershey. I was just going to say,
2: that's what's crazy, is there's two of them. It.
0: I know. Uh, back in 2014, 531 rushing yards. That's crazy. Schmell. So there you go. Single game rushing yards. And it's just, it's just seriously mind blowing. I mean, putting up over 500 yards in a single game is nuts. Because, like I said, reading all of these magazine capsules for kind of the first time, I guess, proofreading, mm-hmm. it's crazy that, like, a lot of these guys, a lot of these really good running backs, only do put up around 500 mm-hmm. in a single season. So, in a single game. That's really stinking impressive.
2: Yeah, well, and it's funny, too, because you can get into a really, really big conversation. Like, we are keep saying, run the damn ball. You know, like, that's right. kind of an old-school way of thinking, and we've talked so recently about how the passing game has really exploded in the last decade or so, and even yeah. a little bit further back than that, but... It is funny to look at it from an even grander scope because we've talked a lot in this office before about Mike Leach and his air raid offense and everything that he's brought and how many people have followed that now Mm -hmm. throughout the NFL throughout this. But you go back and you think about some of the most recent ones of like Jadon Blue opting to not play his senior senior year year. because he didn't want to put all that mileage on him because if you're a legit NFL prospect how long is your shelf life? Like we've seen that in the NFL now running backs have about five, could have five really good years in them and then it's done. So it's just crazy to kind of see how the mindset has shifted. And I'm not saying that it's right one way or the other. I think that's totally willing to be debated. And I honestly think that's more of a case by case scenario, Um, but that this is exactly why it opens up the scope into, all right, are people just getting bigger on the lines and it makes it harder to run through? Are running backs getting weaker or do we like the passing? It's just,
0: right. it opens up
2: just a world of debate.
0: Right. It really does. Yeah. That's why you basically really don't see any running backs go in the first round anymore of the NFL draft. You're usually seeing the best running backs being picked in the second round, uh, the earliest. So yeah, it does. It definitely does open up a whole nother can of worms oh, that yeah. have to talk about. And it's super interesting. I mean, whether you think that, yeah, the the passing game's just more prolific now with, yeah. with you know the the air raid offense and stuff or if you just think like hey it's just tough to carry that much weight on you as a running back mm. I mean you're pretty much I mean you're that just that's just a lot of wear and tear on your body right a game
2: I think a lot of it has to do too about like and this is getting way in the weeds but I genuinely think that a lot of that has to do with how far we've come medically and how far we've come diet and more aware of what we're doing, because I grew up what, you know, like you grew up and you hear about Cedric Benson and you hear about Ricky Williams and like the greats of that kind of stuff and what they were able to do for the Longhorns. And then now you look and all we're talking about with the Longhorns is Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. They're two quarterbacks who can pass the ball. And it's like, okay, did it really shift that much? And it's just like, Hey, it's the same thing between the LeBron and Michael Jordan thing. Like, what would he look like now? These right. guys, the defenders that they're going up against are bigger. They're, Stronger. you know, mm-hmm. it's like you got to start thinking about that. It's difficult to run through a brick wall when they all look like brick walls. And it's not just like one Michael or, and then, you know, some other normal or looking right. guys.
0: Right. That's why when we, when we see the, the slot T offense make a reappearance, we're like, oh, ah. <laughs> running backs galore. We got all of them. <laughs> we have all. I can't figure out where any of
2: them are. <laughs>
0: I love it. But I
2: yeah, we it. could debate this for like, we
0: could hours. <laughs> we could, we could. Um, and this is a really fun segment to do too. I think next week we're probably going to do probably uh reception yards or something. I, if we're going to continue on in this series, I just think it's super interesting. Oh to, yeah. And to I to love dive deep down into these record books.
2: Yeah. And I love the thought of like, okay, what makes is a quarterback just that good? Or does he just have really good receiver? You know, like Man, it's that's, so much of a case I always by run case. Into that. It, Like It's, it's, it's a classic what came first, the chicken or the egg, uh, exactly, you know?
0: Exactly. We just, you know what we need to do? One of, these, one of these days in the offseason, like for a WTF mm-hmm. episode – producing on the fly here we just need to pick a couple of really good topics and just and just them. go no no kind of preparation and just just go go i we think need, that'd be fun
2: we, that would be the perfect time for Schmael to make his wtf appearance oh because Schmael has very like hot takes one he way or the sure other does. so if y'all want to see us like actually fist fight on women talking football yes exactly. <laughs> exactly. i hope
0: he's listening he probably is so there you go. Those are the rushing leaders of the Texas high school football history books. Uh, hashtag run the damn ball. Run and the like damn we ball. Said, we're going we're gonna to continue on to this series. And uh, I'm not sure what we'll do next week, but maybe we'll look at uh, at receiving yards or, or something like that next week.
2: Or if y'all have anything that y'all yeah, really want, want us to see. dive in on yeah. the record books and or comparing some of this stuff, let us know.
0: We're yep. open to ideas. Yeah, please do. Alright, Pickle, before we get to our conversation with Virginia, let's hear a word from our good friends at VCR Now.
2: Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas' roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. Go VCR now. Again, that's info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Malpal, Pal, let's head on over to the hotline because we are extremely excited to welcome in a lady that uh just got a new title and it's a pretty big one if you ask me we're welcoming in new sci-fair independent school district athletic director virginia flores howdy ma'am how are you
1: I'm, I'm doing great doing well we just had a meeting with all of our our coordinators and assistant coordinators to close out the year so it was good to, to see everybody but just just happy to be here thank you
2: absolutely and i mean just Obviously it has been announced for some time that your predecessor uh, Ray Zapata is heading over to take on the new UIL athletic director role. I know that was really exciting for, for all of you down there in sci-fair ISD. What has this time been spent like for you so far after that announcement and kind of knowing that you were the next one to, to hopefully fill the shoes there? Um, you,
1: you know, it's it's, it's bittersweet, and and I that's probably the best term. When we found out that Ray, you know, got the job, and and we've told many people this. I mean, it was, you know, selfishly, uh, we were devastated. You know, he is a tremendous leader. He cares so much for kids, um, and coaches, and wanting to do right by them. And he has really done such a tremendous job of making Sci Fair ISD a destination. And uh, you know, to know that he was going to leave, you know, selfishly was was something that you know we were we had a hard time with. But then when we realized, like, hey, this is the guy that's going to be representing every coach and every athlete, you know, for the state of Texas and being an advocate for them. I mean, we could you couldn't ask for a better guy to do that. So we're super happy for him. Um, this this position, I didn't really it wasn't quite finalized, you know, and announced until Monday, but. I think what's been great is that they, we have a tremendous team here in our office and our staff who all just, you know, we love to work hard. We love to serve kids. And they have been nothing but supportive. And, and of course, you know, the, the scope of this can, can feel overwhelming at times when you've got 12 high schools and 20 middle schools and you're overseeing compliance. But what's been great is that every single person steps up. Like, it truly is a team. And it's one of the things I love about sports is that we all come together collectively to work hard for the greater good.
0: No doubt about that. Now let's go ahead and throw it all the way back to the beginning here. You were a girls basketball coach for a while, and you even have a state championship to your name there at Cy Woods. What did you love the most about being a coach at the high school realm?
1: Wow. Um, you know, there, there's so many facets of it that, that, um, that I loved and I do miss. And, you know, like where I am now, you don't get to see the, inner, the daily interaction with the mm-hmm. kids. And I think I miss that the most is that when you have a kid that comes in as a freshman and leaves as a senior, you get to see and get to be a part of the growth. Um, you get them to buy into the experience of, of working through tough situations and coming out on the other side. Um, So I miss that, the collegial part of it, you know, getting with the other coaches and talking shop and the X's and the O's. You know, this weekend is the TABC Clinic um, in in San Antonio. And and my husband is, you know, he coaches over at Cypress Falls. And i you know, a little jealous because I know they're going over there (laughs) to get some great, you know, they're going to get some great um, info They're going to be able to talk with other coaches, uh, you know, about best practices. Um, And I I miss that part of it, but I do miss the kids. I miss, and so what's nice about the job where I am now is that I get to go out and see these kids perform, you know, at all levels. And I think that's what's been great is it's not just relegated to to basketball anymore. I get to see all of our kids compete. You know, we've got softball this weekend in the regional semifinals. We've got two teams, Bridgelman and Langham Creek we still got baseball with Cy Woods. And so just being able to see these kids and and coaches do what they do on the daily is very rewarding.
2: So I'm interested to get your take on this because we've talked to a couple of coaches turned either administrator in the more academic realm, more administrator, obviously, in what you're doing in the athletics realm. Obviously, all those bleed over together. But when you decided to kind of hang up that coaching hat and take a different opportunity, whether that be principal, then on to athletic director, a lot of people that we hear say that is, yes, I can I can absolutely impact the team that I was coaching, but I felt moved to go take a larger role in the scope of I could help all of those kids. And you're not only helping one school. I mean, you're helping 13 different schools. How gratifying is that for you to be able to know that you're able to touch that many more lives in this new role?
1: Um i think I think that's the hope right like that's that's kind of what you walk into, and that's what you're hoping because you realize and I think people you know in leadership positions realize it's not a it's it's not the idea that you're there to to oversee or even i mean even to lead like and, and I know it gets overused, but it really is about like now that now you have the opportunity and that's what it is to serve so many more people, and I really think that that's what our that our life is all about, you know, and I don't, I don't care what profession you're in part of our job as humans is to be able to serve others and to do that with gratitude, to do it like, to be positive and to be able to do it in this realm is very gratifying, you know, to be able to, to support coaches as they try to help kids grow um, to be able to support kids, to be able to support parents at the community level. It, it's something that you, um, It it makes it easy to come to work every day, and I'll I'll say that.
0: And like you said, your husband coaches in this system, and to my understanding, you have two little kiddos that are actually involved in athletics in the SciFair ISD athletic system. How cool is it to watch them kind of go through this athletics department, the one that you're the head of, and do you have to kind of be impartial to the teams that are playing?
1: <laughs> um, you, that's, a, that's a good question. I'll, I'll tell you this, and getting to my sons first, you know, my husband does a tremendous job. They won a state championship as well in 2017. Um, does a great job with his, his program. You know, my son's over there with him um, and played on the JV level for his other coaches. And I was just telling our coordinators and assistant coordinators today in our meeting, i really really appreciate the the village that i live in that ever that i have other people and coaches in particular um who are raising helping me raise my sons um you know i don't think we can do that in a vacuum and i think we've gotten away from that and i I trust implicitly these coaches that are pouring into my kids on the daily because i know how much they love them and i know what they really want for them in the end is the absolute best like they're going to push them they want them to be the best academically they want them to be good citizens and of course they want them to compete but i think the, that that big picture of develop, developing them as young men just br- it it makes me feel good as a parent to know that i have help with that mm-hmm. and I, and it's one of the reasons i value our coaches so mm-hmm. much so as as far as having my sons be a part of that i'm i'm just super super grateful for the great coaches that we do have to help us raise them
2: do your do your boys ever like to remind coach flores that uh that there's a boss of not only the house but of of the job as well do they like to to let dad remember that a little bit
1: (laughs) you know what that's that's funny i so i might be the boss out here but we're gonna like richard he he takes care of business at the house (laughs) so and the and the boys also understand that dynamic so the buck stops at mom and the buck stops at dad so and and I will say this: my husband and I are both highly competitive, and so we've realized the the uh, the key to us like doing anything well is to make sure we're on the same team. So and my and our boys know that the mom and dad are on the same team and don't try to like do it any other way. And and. <laughs>
2: then we know we're going to be successful. <laughs> A fun, friendly household competition. <laughs> well, before we let you go, uh, Virginia, we wanted to ask, obviously you you were left in great hands with with uh, Coach Zapeta making his way, but there, there's also always opportunity for change, and I know that Coach Zapeta would be the first person to say if anyone can create that, that it would be you. What's, what's the one big goal for you kind of heading into this first school year as athletic director there at CyFair?
1: Um, good question. That's a great question. Um, I, again, I think that coach Zapeta has steered this, steered this ship in the right direction. And I think part of our job is to make sure that we're keeping it on track, you know, that we're, we're still making this a place, this place a destination. If there was one goal, um, that I had to really focus on, I think it would be about like, how do we make sure and ensure that our coaches that are here, that we're attracting, quality coaches but that we're also keeping them um you know in education right now and this is not just this isn't true just for cfisd i think this is something statewide we have a lot of teachers and coaches that are leaving the profession for various reasons and i think that one of the things that we have to do is we have to be examples and beacons and uh and i and i want to really focus on making sure that our coaches feel supported and they feel so supported that they want to encourage, and they're also speaking light into others to come into this profession because there's, there's been no more – it's more important now than ever for our coaches and for their jobs and what they mean, you know. And, and no other place where are we working to get kids to unite behind something, regardless of um, race, religion, creed, you know. We're getting kids to unite around one common goal – and I think that's super important right now, I think, in, in a time like this. And so I really believe that our coaches um, have that calling. And so my, my job and my goal is to make sure that we're getting more coaches to stay and we're getting more coaches to come in to CFISD.
2: Well, there she is. She is the new athletic director of uh Ferrer. ISD down there in the greater Houston area, Virginia Flores. Virginia, thank you so much. Congratulations again on the new role. And I know that we're super pumped to work with you. So I'm sure you'll be, uh, this is not the last time we'll speak heading into the next year.
1: Absolutely, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me.
2: There she goes. A new Cypher athletic director, Virginia Flores, just so incredibly excited for her and this, this new opportunity that she's getting. It's, it's always interesting for me to sit there and kind of talk about, you know, I grew up in a one horse town. There's one high school, Mm -hmm. like our athletic director, that doesn't make it any easier by any stretch of the means. It's still an insanely difficult job, but the thought of managing 13 different schools that are all i mean just different levels of mm-hmm. of everything of anything like that and trying to find a happy medium i mean that's that's a difficult a really difficult
0: job but she mm-hmm. she's absolutely in my mind the right person for the gig i i agree i mean even just from my perspective of going you know growing up in in a town district that has right that has six or seven almost 6a high schools i always remember being at these athletic banquets and sometimes the athletic director would show up, Mm -hmm. you know, of all of Arlington ISD. And it's just like, how do you make time to do that when you have all of these other, not only high schools, but junior highs and all these different elementary schools to kind of keep up with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a tough job, but I definitely agree that Virginia Flores is absolutely the the right woman to take over this this new role
2: yeah yeah super super excited for her and I think all of Cypher ISD is incredibly excited for her to take this new leadership position so we appreciate her hopping on with us all right well uh, that'll do it for us um do you have any final thoughts here I don't think so. (laughs) All right. Mallory, thoughtless Mallory in the house now, man. We're we're at that point in the year, so I don't blame you. But we will be here every single Thursday at 2 for the remainder of the summer. Don't think that you're getting rid of us just yet. Uh, We'll be back next week, I believe it is the day before we send the magazine to press. So uh, keep up with our Twitter pages just to make sure of that, but we should be back hopefully next Thursday and then every Thursday after that. So appreciate our guest uh, Virginia Flores hopping on and we will see you most likely next week on women talking football.